Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the financial services edition of the Sharkpreneur podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing David Medina of DA Davidson. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. Honored to be here. All right. We're excited to have you. Let's go back in time a little bit. What inspired you? What made you want to become, get to work in the financial services industry? Well, uh, I spent 25 years in consumer packaged goods with uh, Procter & Gamble and Avon products. And uh, our regional facility in Pasadena was uh, scheduled for shutdown. Uh, I did not want to relocate myself and my family to New York to stay with Avon. So as a middle-aged middle manager... Uh, and I needed to do something more entrepreneurial and closer to revenue generation. I have a great passion for personal financial planning and helping others achieve their goals. So starting a new career as a financial advisor was uh, the perfect opportunity for me. Awesome. That's an incredible journey. It's not normal that you go from consumer packaged goods to finance. So that's fascinating. How did you decide on DA Davidson? I interviewed uh, with a number of broker dealers and uh, DA Davidson uh, back at that time was called Kroll Whedon. It was a Los Angeles-based broker dealer. Uh, and I have known the president, Andrew Kroll, for 30 years and always appreciated how he ran his firm with such integrity and the quality of people that he surrounded himself with. So I made the decision to go with the, the smallest firm that I was interviewing with, which was Kroll Whedon, which I thought would give me the most flexibility to best serve my clients. And uh, with the benefit of hindsight, I definitely made the right decision. Awesome. That's And you've stayed there ever since. That's incredible. A lot of times financial advisors move around. That's great that you haven't. Um, but what type of clients are you serving? So I serve two types of clients. Uh, I have a wealth management practice where I deal with... Uh, uh, mass affluent, I would typically say. So, you know, just typical people around here in the community that uh, are working hard and building a family and trying to save for retirement and save for college for their kids. Um, and, and that's the, the core of my practice. But then I also specialize in qualified retirement plans. Uh, so uh, while I'm a certified financial planner and a certified wealth strategist uh, in the wealth management side, I'm also an accredited investment fiduciary and a certified plan fiduciary uh, for the qualified retirement plan. So uh, specializing in ERISA, knowing that language, knowing the fiduciary responsibilities that go along with that is the other area of my practice that I work with. Okay, so that's fascinating. First of all, you've got about a dozen letters after your name. And so your business card's an I chart. 
And then you are working on the retail side with our mom and pop, you know, investors who are, you know, just middle America trying to take care, take care of their families and put money away. And then on the other side, they might be the employees of the company retirement plans that you're working with, which is a rare market in financial services. Most advisors don't do that. So you've definitely got an area of specialization. What prompted you to start working in the qualified retirement plan or 401k type niche? Great question, Seth. Um, One of the opportunities I had at Avon was being the manager of the Avon representative uh, multiple employer plan. So we had a um, revolutionary retirement plan that was for the Avon representatives, not for the associates, which I was a member of, but for the representatives. And uh, this plan was launched uh, in the early 2000s. And uh, every year at my annual review, I would make suggestions on how I thought the plan could be improved and augmented. And after about five years of me making suggestions and nothing happening, they said, hey, we got a better idea. How about if we make you responsible for implementing these recommendations that you have to improve the plan? And that's how I kind of got my foot started in uh, workplace retirement plans. Uh, So then working with the plan sponsor, who was uh, the Burke Group, and implementing a number of enhancements uh, really got me involved in the uh, workplace retirement plan space and working with the plan sponsor uh, to uh, improve plan design and invest in the investment menu. Okay, so that's an interesting story. So you went from working at the company and making suggestions to improve the retirement plan and they eventually put you in charge of it because if you make suggestions long enough, people say, fine, you do it. We'll get you to be quiet by getting you to do it. Uh, That's how we work at my wife's PTA as well. If you raise your hand and say, I have an idea, we say, she says, congratulations, you're now on a committee to, to, to do that. So that got you into the plan on the employer side so that then when you went into work in the financial services, it sounds like it was a natural fit to then say, hey, listen, I've already worked on a major corporate retirement plan and implemented these successful changes and we can help you do the same kind of thing. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. You have my value proposition uh, articulated on my behalf. So thank you. Yeah, you are. You're very welcome. So what are some of the most common mistakes employers are making with their qualified plans that you can help them solve? I operate primarily in the micro market. Uh, so those are retirement plans with less than $5 million in assets. So the regular it, small businesses that are the backbone of our economy. Yeah, exactly. I, the, the, the number of plans in that space is, is enormous. And uh, typically in that space, the plan sponsor is the business owner. He's typically a sole proprietor. And when he wakes up every morning, he's got 50 things that he needs to do. And trying to optimize his qualified retirement plan is not on that list. So the biggest challenge that I have in working with that market is to to get the um, business owner's attention long enough to take a look at the plan. Um, because there is something called a Form 5500, which is an IRS form that each qualified plan fills out. But if the plan has less than 100 participants, they use a short Form 5500. So there's not a lot of data there that I have access to. So I need to meet with the business owner or someone on his team to learn more about the plan, to learn more about plan design, to learn more about investments, to learn more about features in the plan, to determine what we can do to optimize that plan. And typically the micro market is terribly underserved and most of those plans, um, the expenses are higher than they need to be and are not necessarily pulling all of the necessary levers to optimize that plan for both the employer 
and the employee's benefit. Okay, so that makes a ton of sense. So I would say I'm guilty of that as well. Even though I am in the financial services business as well, I have not, I'm sure, um, there have been times when I started the comp- the marketing company, I didn't even know I was supposed to file a form 5500 and got a frantic emails from ADP going, you're late, you never did this. And I said, you never told me to. Um, <laughs> And so you're, and they've done nothing other than they set it up and they take our money every month from our paychecks and that's it. And I'm like, is there any service associated to this thing? I haven't seen the rep in four or five years. Um, So you are right. It is a horribly underserved market. You said the magic words. You said the first thing you got to do is get the attention of the business owner who's got 50 other things on their plate. Um, and this isn't their biggest priority or even on the list of 50 things. So how are you doing that? How do you get yourself in the door when as a business owner, we've got so much else on our plate, we aren't even thinking about that there's a problem that you want to come in and fix. We don't even know there's anything wrong. Right, exactly. So there's two ways to go about it. The most common way that most, that a lot of advisors go about is they go about it through fear. So now, since you're the sponsor of a qualified retirement plan, you now know that you are a fiduciary to the plan and to the participants, which I has did not financial know that. liability. It does. I know I'm a fiduciary as a financial advisor. I didn't realize on the other company, I'm a fiduciary on the plan. Oops. Yeah, so I'm I learning. Mean, I'm yeah. learning interviewing you. This is great. Yeah, thank you. And not only are you a fiduciary, but you're an ERISA fiduciary. Which is probably a lot um, worse. Exactly. So that, that that's a higher duty of care as an ERISA fiduciary. So on one hand, you can come to the plan sponsor and say, look, do you know that you're an ERISA fiduciary? Do you understand the, the liability and the responsibilities that you have. on No, I do not. David, you are hired. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to go about it. And typically I, I, I find that that strategy makes the uh, business owner want to stick their head deeper in the sand. And say, okay, you that's know, a good I'll point. Worry, I'll worry about it when the Department of Labor or the IRS comes knocking at my door. Which is not a good time to be worrying about it because they do show up. I've been audited three times. Luckily, I've won every time, but that's a whole nother conversation and about a different topic. But anyway, keep going. Right. And then the other strategy is to try to help them understand that through plan design, they could potentially design a plan which would provide them greater fiduciary protection and provide them potentially an enhanced opportunity for their own saving. And then also potentially how they can uh, improve outcomes for participants and help make participants retirement ready so that participants are able to retire with dignity as opposed to continue to stay on payroll with your company maybe longer than they should. Okay, so how are you getting that message across? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a drip process. You know, you you try to come up with uh, a, a list of individuals that you think would be appropriate for your services, and then just trying to, you know, uh, no like trust. So I guess that's the process. I mean, the first of all, before anyone could potentially utilize uh, my services, they first have to know who I am. And then they have to have some kind of liking for me that they're even willing to have a conversation with me. And then finally bridge that to trust where they're going to, to trust me to, to implement enhancements to the plan where they serve as a fiduciary. So it's um, the qualified retirement plan space is known for its long selling cycles. And you know, I'm certainly prepared for that and uh, designing my practice to always play for the long game. Okay, that is awesome. Um, and very informative. So I greatly appreciate that. I'm learning as well. So is what percentage of your business is the 401k side and what percentage is the retail, you know, mom and pop investor? Great question. I'd say it's about uh, 70% wealth management and 30% um, qualified plans. Uh, However, when I um, market my practice, 
Uh, I do tend to, to market myself as an ERISA qualified plan specialist because that is an area that, that few advisors have a real expertise uh, in. And, um, you know, I find the wealth management business just kind of trickles in just due to natural context and, and, and relationships. Um, but I need to be more proactive in uh, building the workplace retirement plan business. Got it. And I understand, I know your time is valuable and we're almost out. Um, I understand that you are currently working on, you are finishing up a, a book. Um, tell us a little bit about that project right before we go. Oh yeah, thank you. So I'm working with an outstanding publisher to uh, get that book uh, out. And it's a book that is a combination of two concepts. So there's a concept of leveraging uh, centers of influence to partner with uh, the, the, the main advisor uh, we work with centers of influence and other individuals that serve the, um, the target audience, which are plan sponsors. Uh, so in our arena, that would be like ERISA attorneys or third-party administrators, record keepers, uh, that kind of thing. So I'm interviewing uh, other uh, experts in the area of qualified retirement plans. And I'm taking that, uh, that interview process, which you, know, you and your firm has, per has perfected, and targeting uh, qualified plan sponsors. So this is a book that's not designed for the end investor, but it's designed for the plan sponsor and maybe other influencers uh, that are influencing the decision making on small company retirement plans. Awesome. Well, we will definitely get you back on the show when that book is out and we can talk more about that. We have greatly appreciated the education. I know I, I learned a couple of things and I've been in the business for 20 years, but again, don't do what you do. Um, for our folks who want to learn more about what you're doing, um, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? They can call me or email me. My phone number is 626-773-4244 or my email is uh, dmedina at dadco.com. Also go to my website, which has all my contact information and other useful information, uh, www.davidjmedina.com. Okay, thank you so much. We will send them all there. Uh, this has been Seth Green with David Medina. Dave, thanks so much. Thank you, Seth. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.